BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When President of Basketball Operations Arturis Karnasova decided to cite competitiveness as one of the reasons why the Bulls were quiet at the trade deadline, it sent a lot of Bulls fans in a bit of a spiral. On today's episode, we're going to look at the numbers, the stats, the record, and then see just how competitive have the Chicago Bulls really been this season. We're also going to take a look at DeMar DeRozan and Kobe White's minutes, and should we be concerned about the number of minutes that they've been playing and preview today's game against the Atlanta Hawks. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content. So, the Bulls' competitiveness is kind of the new buzzword, continuity, competitiveness. And so this led a lot of people to ask, well, you know, if, if the Bulls are kind of focused on being this competitive team, just how successful have they been in that? Well, I, I got a couple of numbers to throw at you guys. Now, we know the Bulls got off to an extremely slow and bad start to the season. So I'm going to use a couple of different barriers in this that we're going to look at. So first up, since the start of 2024, the Chicago Bulls are 10-9. and 9. That's good enough for a 52 Win percentage since the since the start of December, when the team really started moving some things and and, and improving their play, they are twenty and four twenty and fourteen, which is good enough for a fifty eight win percentage. The fifty two percent that I that I cited at first will put the Bulls right now at the eight seed had they had that win percentage over the over the full entire season. The fifty eight percent win percentage will put them at the six seed if they were able to have that win percentage for a full season up until this point. When you look at the other teams around the Eastern Conference and where they sit, the Bulls have the 10th best record in the NBA since the month of December. Now, those are things that do absolutely support what AK said and talked about with competitiveness. This has been a team that that since December has really been a considerably more com- competitive and they have really uh, that slow start is really a big part of why the team maybe isn't playing the best and at the level that you would expect and want to look at them to play right now. And so 
you know, for that, you can look at it and say when you when you add in the fact that we've been dealing with injuries, Zach Levine, who was in and out of the lineup over that time, more out than in. Now he's out for the rest of the season. We missed Torrey Craig over a big stretch of period with that as well. Patrick Williams is in the midst of being out for over a week currently. Even DeMar and Vooch have missed some time over that stretch. Now, that's not unique. Every team in the NBA deals with injuries to varying degrees. Depth plays a part in a role in that as well as how much they can overcome uh, the, the, that those injuries that, that happen to the team. But the Bulls, when you look at just the raw number of it, they have absolutely been a competitive team. When you look at that record and how that record would factor in to the full season had the Bulls not had that slow start. Matter of fact, even if the Bulls would have had more of a 500 start, or let's say slightly below 500, more like a 46 to 50, I'm sorry, 46 to 48 win percentage over that start of the season where it was really rough for the team, where they won like five games over their first 20, uh, almost 20 games. Had the Bulls done that, right now, currently, the Bulls would be right around the seventh or sixth seed in the NBA had they been able to do that. So that does change things a little bit. I'm not saying that that changes the perspective hugely for the Chicago Bulls, but it does add in to why or a little bit more color to why AK, and we know that AK is a very data-driven, uh, you know, in, in his approach to not, not all data, but he does look at data when he looks at building a team and things like that, even in how he built the team with DeMar Vooch and how Lonzo was such an important part to making that kind of all work. That was something that, that AK did build, factor in when he was building that version of the team, and that's why you saw Lonzo be one of the first signings for the Chicago Bulls they ended up giving, getting them a uh, hit for tampering, but, you know, it is what it is when it comes down to that. But even with that record and those positives, there still are concerns. The Bulls are 9-22 against teams above 500 this season. That's only a 29-win percentage. Now, that does not mean that they still couldn't potentially make it into the playoffs doing that had they played like this over the, the course of the full season. We've seen teams thrive off beating bottom feeders to a degree and maybe not have the best record against the better teams in the league, but I do think that that, that uh, you know, nine and twenty-two against teams that are above five hundred this season, that 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 is a big concern over just how competitive is this team really, and that's why the word competitive can mean so much, thing, so many things, right? You, you you're competitive. There's levels to competitiveness, and the Bulls are competitive with other playing teams. We talked about their record yesterday against other playing teams, and it's and it's pretty solid. It's not great. It's not amazing. It's pretty solid. I think they still have more uh, a losing record. They're like four and seven against the other playing teams, but they are competitive with the teams that are around their same level, right? Not so much competitive against the teams in the top of the East, even though we know we've had some wins, like the win against the Milwaukee Bucks, like the win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. We've had some wins against the better teams in the league, but it's not consistent enough to where you can truly say that we're competitive with those teams at a big level. So when you hear uh, fans and stuff ask, like, okay, let's say the Bulls do go through the playing tournament. Let's say they do that and they come out of that playing tournament, how much chance do you really give them at that point beating the number one seed in the East, which would be Boston, if they do come out that playing tournament? And that's like, oh, well, you're absolutely right when it comes down to it. Even though we've historically matched up well against the Boston Celtics, how much, how much do you give them to say that they can really compete in a seven-game series with either the Celtics, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or the Milwaukee Bucks, even though if they come out the Eastern Conference, it's going to be either the, the Celtics are the are the Cavs depending on well based on how the standings are right now Milwaukee definitely can get up to that two seed we've seen the New York Knicks get up to three seed before uh you know before losing their last two games in a row so the Bulls have some flashes and some signs of being a really really good team right and playing really really well but you got to ask yourself like the depth of the team is one thing the lack of 
three-point shooting, which becomes a little bit more evident. And then coaching still plays a part. And, you know, kind of the doubt around how far the Chicago Bulls really can go when you have a coach in Billy Donovan who, again, I'm not I, I'm going to I'm not a Billy Donovan guy. The Bulls can I would love for the Bulls to wake up tomorrow and say, hey, Billy Donovan ain't it. We're going to go ahead and move on from Billy. But you still got to acknowledge he's not a terrible coach. He's a good coach. But that doesn't mean that he's a good coach for this version of the team and where they are now. But that's the story for another day. We may talk about that a little bit more in the offseason. So those records, right, 58 percentage since December, a 52 win percentage since the, the calendar change in 2024. We're only a month and a half basically into that. Those are what AK is basically selling us as a reason why the team is competitive. Top 10 record in the NBA since the month of December. Since the month of December, a top 10 record in the NBA. And it's still the feeling around this team is like, it's not good enough. And I've said this before, more so last year, right? As This was a quote that I had last year, is that I feel like Bulls fans believe in the losses more than we believe in the wins. But I do think that that's earned because this team, it seems like when we have games that we should win or that we expect to win, or when it just comes down to needing just that little bit more extra, that we fall up short against the teams that are either coached better than us or just have a, a little bit more heart and execution on their side of the basketball. So competitiveness is the Bulls have been competitive, but that competitiveness can still only take you so far because you still need a well-constructed roster that's coached good and has players that can step up in the most important moments to truly be competitive at a meaningful level this year. Competing for a ninth seed. How much, how much do you really want to take that as a win when your team needs to go further? And what you said by your own words, the Bulls fans deserve more. That's where you hear some of the vitriol and things from Bulls fans. And so whether you sit on the side where you can, where you feel safe in how competitive the Bulls and you're looking at this and saying, listen, with everything in, losing Zach Levine, losing Torrey Craig, losing Vooch, losing DeMar, losing Patrick Williams, not having Lonzo for the, for the season at all, at, at, at this, with all those things that have come to the Chicago Bulls over the course of the season, the Bulls still sit where they do right now, fighting for a ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. They sit currently three games below 500 with a record of 25 and 28. And you have to ask yourself, is that, has that been competitive enough with all the situations and scenarios facing the Bulls? That's something that you got to answer for yourself. I can't answer that for you. I won't even begin to do that because I haven't truly found the answer for myself. I go back and forth in how I feel about this team every single day. But at the end of the day, I just want to see this team be the best that they can be. And if they can finish the season strong, you know, I said it on a, a, a couple of episodes ago, I, I, I hope this team doesn't go through a tailspin after the All-Star break like they did in the 2021-22 season. Let's hope that we are more in store for what we had last season, where the team played 14-9 and after we acquired Patrick Beverly and had a pretty solid record after the All-Star break. Maybe that can be the story for this team this season. And if it is, hey, we'll have some fun in covering it on the way there. But even with the Bulls' competitive play, uh, part of the reason, uh, two of the biggest reasons why the Bulls have been good when they have been good is DeMar DeRozan and Kobe White. Now, you have DeMar getting his you know, rightful critiques and, and criticisms towards his play and, you know, Billy Donovan's reliance on DeMar DeRozan, that all plays a part. But Kobe White and DeMar right now are both top five in minutes played in the NBA. When you look at DeMar DeRozan, he's averaging 40.3 minutes per game. And Kobe White, uh, and DeMar is second in that. And Kobe White is fourth in average minutes per game at 39.7. And so that has that is another sign for many people of concern with where this Bulls team is, the fact that we are a team that's below 500, our two best weapons, especially on the offensive side of the ball, are playing some of the, the league leading, leading minutes in the league, and we still are only competing at this level. Now, 
of course, we're having weak seasons from, from Vooch overall. He still flashes some from time to time for sure, right? But this is a decline season for Nikola Vooch. Zach Levine's been out this season. The, the reasons why we already named, right? But those minutes played from DeMar and Kobe White are a big concern. But there are reasons why that has happened. Injuries definitely are the biggest reason. And then you have bench players who just aren't good, like Javon Carter, who should be able to spell Kobe White theoretically for some more minutes now. Again, if Javon Carter was hitting his three ball more effectively, if Javon Carter was playing better defense to be able to stay out on the court, I think those minutes will come down for Kobe White considerably, maybe even as low as maybe maybe 35 minutes per game, which I know is only four minutes less than he's playing, almost five minutes less than he's playing now. But when you look at that over 82 games, that's a lot of minutes to come off Kobe if you were just able to take four to five more minutes off him a game because you had a player coming off the bench that's been able to support that. Now, Ayodosumu could could have theoretically been that as well, but Ayodosumu's been in and out of the starting lineup, more in the starting lineup than out since Pat experienced the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Williams went down and so that weakens your bench as well so then you're now looking at a bench with Torrey Craig coming back of Torrey Craig Andre Drummond and then you have a bunch of unproven players in Julian Phillips Dalen Terry Taylor Terry Taylor and then the the two-way contracts and G League players that Billy Donovan just isn't going to play consistently and that has led to a place where minutes are high for this team right now and you know with a team that's already dealt with injuries major injuries to the season that's a concern and you know, you even outside the injury concern, and because there, there's some correlation, a small bit of it, in admitting it in the data that more minutes equals more injuries. It would it's surprisingly enough, like there's there's more data to support that playing more minutes doesn't necessarily mean more injuries. But we know again, there's a small bit of the data that does support that. But even if you don't want to have the injury conversation with more minutes and how that affects a player and and and, and increases the chances of them being injured. You still have to look at the fatigue of it all, especially when you factor in the Bulls have played the more, most clutch games this season, and I believe the most overtime, or they're at least t- towards the top of the league in the most overtime games this season. So when you're looking at and pairing in those things, the fact that the Bulls have been in so many clutch situations where we do need our best players to be in the game to close out the game, and even then, we have some trouble closing out those games strong, the fatigue factor in that and in the, in, in the overtime games and things like that it, it really brings apart back to that competitiveness that we're that we're talking about with this team. How much are you really are, 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 is is being competitive 
hurting your team, right? How much is the, is, is the fight and, and the desire to keep pushing this team so much because you have to rely, everybody has to play more minutes with the things that this team has going on. Could you be risking yourself something in the long run? Now, DeMar DeRozan is somebody who he, he's been fairly healthy over his whole NBA career. There's really no real reasons for concern. Well, let me not say there's no real reasons, but there's no long-term point the things that point to DeMar DeRozan is going to be a player that you have to worry about suffering a major, major injury. He's been one of the most healthy players over the, since he's come into the NBA over his time being here. Kobe White has dealt with injuries at times, right? Some of those happening in the offseason, things like that. But you don't want to see your players driven into the ground. This is not the Tom Thibodeau era. If you want, if you can avoid that, you want to try to avoid that. You don't want to play your minutes, your players a whole hell of a lot of minutes. And I'm sure everybody's looking at these next two games before the All-Star break and is ready to just get it done so they can get eight days off. And while I know it sucks that the Bulls don't have any All-Stars and we don't have any representation in All-Star weekend, but that may be good for these players if we're going to really try to do a push after this All-Star break. We got two games left to get through. That one of those games be the Atlanta Hawks, which we'll preview here in a second, and the other one being against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Both of those are also going to be tough games for the Bulls, and do not be surprised if they turn into clutch situation games for the Bulls over that time as well, because these are teams that have always played us tough. We've played tough against both these teams for the last handful of years. So, a really couple of years, handful, maybe a bit of a hyper, hyper, hyperbolic statement, but it is what it is there. So, I, I'm looking forward to the break. I hope that, you know, over that break, we get more clarity as well on what happens with Patrick Williams. Could be looking to add a buyout candidate as well that could come in, spell the team, offer some minutes as well. Javon Carter getting a DNP in the last game, I think, kind of tells how now coaching is looking at Javon Carter that, you know, they'll probably play him maybe in, in one of these next two games. You know, if we need it and we need those minutes, I wouldn't be surprised. But if the Bulls do sign a guard, if they sign a Seth Curry, if they sign, you know, a Joe Harris, somebody who can play some of those guard minutes, maybe that's going to come up off some of those minutes for Kobe. Now, Joe Harris doesn't play the exact same position as Kobe, but we know that you can run Io as a point guard, maybe move AC to a point guard to play some minutes, uh, you know, with the Joe Harris or whatever else. But, you know, that's what I hope comes in this buyout market. I know, you know, people are saying, well, how much is buyouts really going to help you? We actually talked about that on yesterday's episode as well. But I think that it, just the prospect of a buyout candidate coming in and, and playing some much-needed minutes, and if they play quality minutes, right, if they do, like a Joe Harris comes in or a Danilo Gallinari comes in and their, their shooting is legit for the Bulls, then hopefully, you know, we can ease up some of these minutes because that's a lot of minutes to be playing for these two players. The fact that they're both top five in the NBA minutes played uh, per game is, is crazy. And, you know, I just want to see the guys be healthy. I don't want to see another back half of the season where we're looking at major injuries potentially holding back what this team could be. Now, that's just my personal opinion. You guys can let me know what you guys think on that down below. But we do have a game tonight, a game against the Atlanta Hawks. And this is going to be a game where, like I said, I expect it to be close. The Atlanta Hawks come in with the third best offense in the league, averaging 121 points per game. They're all, they are, surprisingly in that, they're only the 27th best shooting team in the league, only shooting the ball 46.7% from the field. They're the eighth best rebounding team in the league and the number one offensive rebounding team in the league, meaning that the Bulls being on the boards are going to be important for this game. Now, with that said, we do know that uh, Alice Caru oh, Clint Capella is out for the Atlanta Hawks. Alice Caruso is listed as questionable and Kobe White is listed as probable. So if Clint Capella does end up missing this game, hopefully it makes that rebounding battle easier for the Bulls but you don't want to overlook just how good of a rebounding team, specifically offensive rebounding team they are, and how that can lead to second chance points. You got to look out for that. Also, one of the Bulls' Achilles heels that we know is three-point shooting. 
The Atlanta Hawks averaged the six most three-point attempts in the league uh, uh, this season, but they're 17th in three-point shooting percentage, hitting the three ball at a 36.4%. So while that percentage isn't league-leading, just by the sheer number of attempts and how often the Chicago Bulls do allow for do allow for th- teams to go off from three against them, it's, a, it's definitely a sign for concern in this. Now, one thing that could be an underrated aspect in this game as well, because they do have the crybaby and Trey Young on their team, they shoot the third most free throw attempts per game in the league at almost 25 three, uh, free throw attempts in per game. So the Bulls have to be on their P's and Q's, and I'm really going to look for Andre Drummond in this game to see that if he can stay out of foul trouble, because if they can get Andre Drummond in foul trouble, not only will that allow them to get to the free throw line, that's also going to potentially take out take Andre Drummond out the game or at least get him playing maybe a little bit more timid on some of those hedges and pick and rolls uh, if they're getting to the free throw line a lot and they're he's the one drawing the fouls. Our guards also got to be prepared in this one. Trey Young is going to try to draw those fouls against the Chicago Bulls, and I need the Chicago Bulls guards in Kobe, Ayo, Alice Crusoe are probably going to be guarding Trey Young the most in this game. I need those guys to be aware, to be locked in, because the last thing that we want is for Trey Young to kill us from the free throw line. We don't want that to happen at all. So that's something to watch out for as well. Now, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are both players that the two 20-point-per-game scorers for this team. They also had Bodon Bogdanovich as well, who's averaging 16.8. Jalen Johnson, who's having a hell of a season with 15.7. So they have double-digit scores. Matter of fact, the uh, Atlanta Hawks have almost eight players averaging double-digit figures per game. And so even with like a Clint Capella who could be out in this game who leads the team in rebounding and blocks, you still got to look at their bigs as well, who still does average 10.2s. Onika still averages 10.2 points per game. So the Bulls have to be on their P's and Q's against this Atlanta Hawks offense because if they don't, man, this game could get away from the Chicago Bulls really fast and it could be a difficult game to kind of get back reined in if we allow the Hawks to go on some of those runs we've allowed other teams to go on in games this season. So look out for that. Now, on the defensive side of the ball for the Hawks, on the offensive side of the ball for the Bulls, this is where the Bulls can really take advantage, especially Kobe White, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Andre Drummond could have a big night tonight as well if he stays out of foul trouble. The Atlanta Hawks are the second worst defensive team in the NBA. They allow their uh, opponents to shoot over 50% from the field. So if the Bulls can come in here, they can limit turnovers, they go through their offense, they play well, play smart, share the ball around without turning the ball over, there is an absolute chance for the Bulls' offense to have one of its most efficient nights in the, in this, on the season. They have to be prepared and pick apart this, this Atlanta Hawks defense. This is not a good defensive team, and even more so, without if Capella does miss this game, this is going to be a game where they don't have, they're not going to have the rim protection that they're used to. The Bulls can't attack the rim. Kobe White can do his penetrating and, and creating, right, that he likes to do as well and get his bigs involved in this game. This needs to be a game where the Bulls come in with the game plan to attack that Atlanta Hawks defense, especially if we can get those defensive boards or we can get steals and get out in transition. The Hawks defense isn't going to be able to run with us. We have to be able to take advantage of that. And offensive rebounds, while they are a great offensive rebounding team, they're also bad at keeping their, the opponents off the offensive glass. They are the six. They they allow for the six most offensive rebounds for opponents in the league at eleven point two. Eleven point two. They allow the opposing teams to get eleven offensive rebounds a game. 
Second chance points is how the Bulls need to thrive or can thrive in this game as well. And they also allow their opponents for the eighth most rebounds from opposing teams. So this is another game where the Bulls' strengths definitely play into the weaknesses of the Atlanta Hawks on the defensive side of the ball. It's a chess match because a lot of their strengths on offense plays into the weaknesses of our defense as well. Game planning and coaching is going to be important as well as execution and how well this team plays together in this game. Can they do it? Hey, let's see, man. If the Bulls' defense can step up like we've seen it do against better teams than the Hawks, while their offense also takes advantage of the weak defense of the Atlanta Hawks, this I'm not going to say it's a cakewalk by any stretch because this is the Chicago Bulls. Nothing's a cakewalk for this Bulls team. But this is a game where they can get a victory, and they can't if they come in and execute well and, and, and have a solid game plan, the Bulls can definitely get a dub and create a little bit more separation in that playing race in the Eastern Conference. But let me know what you guys think on all that down below. That's my time for today, guys. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I liked in everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.